1: honor you this evening and we worship you. Thank you for your saving breath. Thank you for the spirit of your mercy, Lord, tonight. Lord, we bless your name. Lord, we key our hearts in, Lord. We key our hearts, Lord, in, into the, into the the stream, Lord, of your saving words, Lord, that can help us, that can even expound us and create further depth, Lord, of understanding in our soul. Thank you. Thank you because you are digging wells within us. Lord, you are deepening, Lord, our inward capacity expanding our vessel, increasing our capacity for more knowledge to know more of you. This is our longing, our desire tonight and we pray, Father, come and come and feast us with your knowledge and prepare a table, prepare a feast before our soul tonight and call cause us to come. He said that you will upon this mountain make unto all people a feast of fat things. Feast of fat things full of marrow. Feast of wine. Wine on the lees. The very wine of your spirit. Come and feast, give us this feast tonight and help us. Thank you. Lord Jesus, come and minister by yourself and by your even ministry you know, and come and bless our heart. We won't let a definite thing to be done tonight. We want to be we want a definite, walk, a definite 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 change to occur. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for grace to flow by with the spirit of revelation to reveal, reveal, reveal. She reveals. She reveals. She reveal to us. You open up your word and your book and to cause us to see. Lord, cause every eye to see and every heart to, to drink to experience that which you have today. Use my vessel, use it as your own, and cause it to bring forth blessing <clears throat> to us. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Good evening to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. How's everyone doing? Are you guys okay? Um, praise God. I'm seeing a few people are smiling. I just. <laughs> Some not smiling. I want to assume you're okay. You're just in the spirit. That's why. Thank you, Jesus. Are we ready tonight for the word? Okay. Um, I want us to still still see the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 11. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. How are you? <laughs> you're blessed. Amen. Just You can greet someone, please. Just say you're welcome. To, and I'm happy to see you. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Can someone recap for us um, Saturday's message? What we learned on Saturday. You can come this way. This two. You don't like those ones? You don't want to sit beside Wesley? Don't worry, he's a good boy. He's okay. Amen. Um, does anyone want to help us? Um Rienka? Saturday. Let's do it quickly if possible.
2: Okay.
1: Um let's try and summarize the message. Okay, okay, hold on. Um, Let's see. How long will it take you to summarize the message? (laughs) A few things. Okay, okay, (laughs) let's start.
2: and help to us and um, maybe I'll start from the back to the beginning but um, what uh, I know we're reading um, Revelation chapter 11 and um, we're seeing the two witnesses and um, you were kind really um, breaking down the two witnesses for us to really see what um, okay, <laughs> sorry, sir. Um, okay, so um, you were explaining the journey of the Levites, mm. the separation of the Levites, okay, and um, you were sh- showing us that the Levites, in a, into an extent, and that it's. There's a form of separation that they had measured, and that separation was a resu- was as a result of a change of faith, mm. and that the protection for the city, in Revelation chapter eleven, which okay, maybe I, I should just read okay. it so that, okay, sir. So it says um, Revelation eleven it says, and there was given me a reed like on, they was given me a reed like onto a rod. And the angels stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. It says, But the courts which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles and the holy city. Shall they tread under foot forty and two months? Okay. And you were explaining that that forty and two months is not necessarily like days or years. Um. It's just a... Um, metaphor for like how long it can take to break down that portion of the soul mm. like the journey of that can and you were saying that like that part of where like you, you, you used an example just saying that the Gentiles can there will be a point where they can come into the city and um, take over that place and so what I was just getting was that you need to journey, you need to move mm. you don't need to just stay in one place you need to move and that's the defense of the city was you said was um, faith and love for all the saints. Okay. And that, that's a kind of defense, and you were also really explaining as, as saying that there's a faith that a not Christian has that is also is a is a faith in the Lord Jesus, mm. which is also a faith which a natural man has that just say I trust in God that God will do this for me. But just because a Christian believes in the Lord Jesus. He has that faith in the, towards God, the faith in the Lord Jesus. Okay. There's a protection and a safety there that would make him journey less. Not, not journey, but would protect him from being destroyed as fast as a natural man who has not given his life to Christ. Yes. Then you also started explaining from there as, but, um, a separation which the Levites, which are in the court, have. Uh, and the reason a Levite is someone who has started having a measure of a change of faith right. and when you were saying that level of change of faith is a faith is the faith which my um, Paul was talking about that he has that faith in him right. that I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ which liveth in me and this yes. life I live by the faith of the son of God yes. so that that measure of the faith of the son of God is a change of faith and it's a level of separation which it's not the faith that is in him mm. that is using to trust in the Lord Jesus, mm-hmm. but it's a faith that that there are two different types, of, there are two different faiths, they are not the same thing, yes. and that that faith is the faith that is in him. Which, and yes, sir, thank you, Jesus. It was also the place where you were explaining on how the journey of um Apostle Paul when he was going to Damascus when he encountered the Lord, and that is. That first seeing the Lord, he said that the first thing he said was Lord, mm. and that was the place of where he was like born. He was born again, mm. and then that place now said and things which I will show you yet after was now talking about the change of faith, mm. and those were the things which was worked in him. Mm-hmm. So that's also a level of separation of faith, and then we saw like. So I'm sorry, I'm, every, I'm just You're everywhere. Fine, please. Go ahead, don't worry. <laughs> yeah and um so okay and also just um going forward it says and now says i will give power unto the two witnesses and they shall prophesy a thousand and two hundred and three scores days clothed in sackcloth. yeah so um so w- you really dwelled on that place of the change of faith, of the spirit of the son, which is faith, is that, that is in name, And you were explaining on how, like, okay, yes, sir. You were explaining on how, like, now that was the separation of the Levites. Yes. And that the Levite don't have the opportunity to go into the holy place mm-hmm. where the priest can go into. Mm-hmm. And we started saying that what makes a man really further separated, and we're seeing that place in Corinthians, what I was saying about, therefore be ye separate which is the level of separation that the Levites have made and then, but they can still touch the unclean. but there's a further separation which the priests make and is as a result of knowledge you were talking about how like you said that a priestly shall keep knowledge so what makes them separated hmm. is knowledge is as a result of the understanding that they have which can make them operate in the realm of the, the priestly place and you were also saying, like, how, like, the, there's a glory in that place that the Levites see that if they still keep, if they don't journey forward to try and enter, that there's a, if they still hold on to their secret loves, which they are still touching, if it can, that glory that they are seeing of the priest can make them, offer a wrong offering, like um, you. Used, I think you used um, Aaron's sons okay. as an example where they offered strange fire on the altar. Mm. So, so, yes, but... Aaron's,
1: Aaron's sons were priests. Oh. So, so Okay. Although it's the same thing. The okay.
2: same sort of thing, yes. yes so sorry. So, okay, I'll just quickly go okay. to the end. Yes. So, at the end of the what I just was seeing was that you now started saying that there's a difference between having the law, okay. and there's a difference between living the law. Okay. That prophets are those who make the law manifest, okay. who live the law. Okay. Yes, sir. And um, you were saying that as someone obeys, as yes, sir. So you, um, as someone obeys the law, hmm. in terms of like when you have doctrine. Hmm. And then you are allowing the doctrine to correct and, repro- and um, reprove you. It is working a witness within you. That is the building up of, of the witness. And you just uh, explaining about how like the witness is the law and the prophet. Those two witnesses. Okay. That it's not just responding with the law, but like you explaining about how Jesus did not just quote a scripture. But the scripture was written in him. Okay. It's not just like head knowledge, but it was something that he had allowed to reprove, correct him, and try instruct him in righteousness. I was just in a place of inheritance, mm. a place of ownership. Like it is what has raised. It, there's no difference between you and, and the, the prophecy. Like the prophets were the carriers of the law, like they were living the law. That kind of thing, and um, you. Will, uh, just quickly summarise everything I know. I, um, was us the beginning of message When you were talking, you said that the, you will see the temple as a place where men go in, where men go into, yeah. but really is where they should come out from. And what I was just, what we just saw is that the way that temple is that as as you are walking through the temple, the temple should be coming into you. That's who the temple is a typification of what you are supposed to be, mm. and that that is the safety yes. that would save one from drawing back because in this time there's a journey of how the gentiles are coming to take over like the like how so that they can take over the city and the mm-hmm. court. But there's a measure of journey that we ought to keep taking and as a result of knowledge and coming into understanding. Yes. And that that is what will that is where the safety for us is but is that is the developing and the raising of those two witnesses that will keep prophesying against the that, that those two witnesses have an hatred against the world, against the the darkness of this time and that as as they are prophesying and shouting that they keep making you move further and so, thank you. Praise
1: God. Can we please appreciate him? Amen. Thank you so much. You tried. I want, um, I want someone to just volunteer to answer the next question. But I don't want to say what the question is. Just if you are, if you are led. Okay, Sister Blessing is led. Ah! Oh my God! This is this is wonderful. Praise God. Amen. Okay. Oh, you went to add to his. Okay, okay. The two types of witness. Yes. Yes.
3: <laughs> you talked about the two uh, types of witnesses yes. that make up the covenant, from what I remember. Yeah. And you said there is the law and there is the prophets. Yeah. And then you mentioned that the law is received. Um, directly from the spirit of God and then you referenced Moses and how he received the law um, from the mountain from God and um, you said the law is written in book and Mm. on stone Mm. and then you talked about the prophet you said um, prophecies pass from heart to heart Uh and the prophet is sent and signified and I think you also you referenced um, Jesus and John the Baptist Mm. Um, so I think that's just what I wanted to to touch okay. on. I'm not sure if that's okay. the
1: question. <laughs> okay, praise God. The, the question I had was that was to see how you can relate those two witnesses to somebody's soul. Right? So, right, to explain the wit- those witnesses, their witness or who they are, who are they? Are they people? Are they? What are they? How, how do we relate them, that witness or that ministry? The soul of a person. Yeah. I'm not
3: sure if I can answer, but okay. I'll try. Yeah. Um, in terms of the soul of a person, mm. um when you talk of when you talked about the prophets, you mentioned that they are the carriers of the law. Okay. So the way I see it, maybe for me, with my small <laughs> understanding, is that I'm going to use myself as an example. For the law, it would be like, you know, studying the word of God, trying to let it build, Mm. you know, in my heart and minister Mm. to me. But in terms of prophecy, it's something that is ministered like through maybe revelation, like through the Holy Spirit or Spirit of God in a witness inside someone's soul. And you can minister the life of the law that you've read.
2: So to see.
3: I don't know if I'm making sense.
1: Okay, okay. Oh, thank you so much. I I, I sincerely appreciate you for thank you so much. Okay, oh, let's go to Uncle John first. Yes. Thank you, blessing, eh? God bless you.
4: Okay. Uh, let me start. Um I will draw reference to Moses. Yes, sir in seeking to answer the question. I hope I do a good job. Anyway, um, you know how it's written in the Bible that the Lord gave the Israelites commandments, but he showed Moses his ways. So I see that as the law and the prophets in such a way that, as she said, you can get the law from Yes, Holy Spirit is reading your Bible. Someone teaching you as well comes into your mind. You understand that you shouldn't do certain things. But there are mannerisms that if you don't fellowship with someone, like Paul told Timothy, you know my manner of life, the way I lived, the way I did certain things. So, for instance, the law says thou shalt not kill, for instance. Mm. However, there are, you're not breaking the law, mm. but there are ways that God still upholds that law mm. through a manner. Mm. It's the same God who says, be merciful. Yes. But it's the same God that says, thou shalt not do this or that. And so, if you don't have as you said, the devil can make you specialize in one. And that's where we have religious spirits. So you know the law. Like the Pharisees, they knew the law yeah. to the maximum, but they, were, they didn't like someone who was prophetically living it out, yeah. which was Jesus. Yeah. And you could know the law, but without seeing those manners, that's those mannerisms, those ways, yeah. which is the ways of God, you would not be able to balance. So it's like a skill. Yes, that is supposed to be balanced at every point in time. Yes. Anyone that's heavier than the other makes things a little bit skewed. Mm. So this is the law, but there's a way that God wants you to carry it out. Mm-hmm. So for me, in the soul of a man, as you get instructions, you know you're not supposed to do this. And this is the beauty of maybe someone like Reverend Mrs. Yes. Her teaching, yes. her counsel. So, you know that this is what you're supposed to do or this is not what you're supposed to do. But she comes and tells you a manner Mm. in which you can perfect that law. So, it's about perfecting the law in, in such a way that you are not skewed in any particular direction and you can carry out the law, the way the script, the initial intention Mm was. The intention has always been ways and law. Mm -hmm. So, prophecy and law. It has never been one or the other. So, um, you need those instructions. You need those laws in your heart. You need to understand the scriptures. You need to understand rules. You can call them rules. You need to understand the way to do things as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's the balance for me.
1: Thank you so much.
5: Just to add to what my brother said, um, once the law, um, I believe he was giving a really good description of what you described as the life of the Levite, where you begin to learn what not to touch when you no longer touch the unclean thing in reference to the tabernacle um when you spoke about the the holy city which was say believers but when you start to go into the tabernacle you have a group of levites so those people are separated so once the law of god starts to work in you and actively work in you um you become a levite but then there is something called the priestly knowledge that's what you were talking about when um you, how do you say this? Um, okay, so it's the knowledge. Okay, so you started talking about the stance of the priest and how the difference between him and a Levite is the knowledge that he has. Mm. That um, even when he grows older, that there is only a specific age that you're allowed to enter into priesthood. So that's when you've journeyed with the knowledge that you have received. And it's become who you are and that's what you call the witness Um, and you said that the witnesses are the laws in the heart um, that cause you to stand because priestlyhood is a stance in the spirit Um, and then from there uh, yeah so that's where you said that the two witnesses begin to prophesy so in the life of a believer once you come into the knowledge of the priest and um, you enter into diverse situations You will find that um, these things will begin to speak even when you're unsure of what to do. Those witnesses begin to speak because they are what they, your complete journeying with that knowledge is what causes you to be in your priesthood. So the priesthood is what speaks in your heart and says that these things are not acceptable these things I will never do mm. though the Levite, that thing is still in their heart, they just don't have the opportunity because God has separated them but the priest can encounter those things and they will they will not find they will not find any desire or pull for that thing within their heart because they've journeyed with that in their heart if that makes sense Praise that's what
0: amen
1: okay do the Levites have this witness that's uh, no they don't have this witness right okay praise God <clears throat> um, okay let's just read let's read um, any you still have something to add oh okay Okay.
0: Summarize what, as I said, uh, I think uh, how it relates to his soul is uh, your Wednesday message. Mm. The soul has a mind and a heart. Okay. And the end of the conversation is the heart of man, mm. right? Um, men are gates. They are wayfaring men. They are men that have unnest the spirit of the word. Mm. So instead of people getting a, criti- a criticism li- a mindset from the word of God, because the laws bring right and wrong, okay. but there's there's a quiet and a mixed spirit on how the, it's the spirit of the law. There's a conversation through the gate of a mind, mm. meaning that the laws can be given. Everybody can sit down, and it's not about meeting a prophet. Judas met a prophet, mm. but it's mercy also that allows, you said some things in the last meeting that really touched my life. You said, um, because we can sit down here and receive the law um, from your I go, sorry, I know you love. You. I mean, by the help of the authority of oh God, you give us laws, mm-hmm. and we begin to see animations of that life. But it's not enough to annul it and see it, mm-hmm. it's enough to have because this law must come into a place where we begin to see it as the nature of, of Christ and God. And we have to be able to now see it inside the sentiment. Mm-hmm. They are wayfaring men, if they, if wayfaring men. It's not even by just being around them. Mercy has to help you. I have to allow them bring you into this council for how the life sits. Mm. Because it's a being conformed. There's a, there's a, there are marks around how the life must come. Mm. And that's the essence for leadership and authority. Mm. Without authority, because it said there are gates of hell. Men are gates. Mm. And even in Ephesians, even in Epistles, they said, ye are written. So, it's not, it's that Wednesday message help us see that you must see these two witnesses. You must receive revelation. Mm-hmm. But it's not just enough to receive revelation. You must be able to see it in the essence of brethren life too. Inside your little Christ among you. And also in authorities. How they live that life. Mm-hmm. And is in that that entrance of that word can become a witness in your heart. Mm-hmm. Because if it doesn't reach your heart, that's why the... Um, at a level, I would say Levi has their own level of witness. That's what makes them isolated from the other guys. Mm. But they don't have enough witness like a Aaron or a Moses. Mm. Because where they are, they can see fellowship with a certain level of things because they see has to be more work of how the, the, this life must hit. So the conversation is that witness is inside the heart of man. It's really the conscience mm. of a man that must be
1: purged. Praise God. Thank you so, thank you so much. You're able to really, I think, you're able to really bring it home um, in terms of relating it with with the soul. And uh, praise God, um, Father, we thank you. Give you praise, Amen. Lord, we submit, Lord, to you fully, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. We want to be blessed tonight. Help us to be blessed, Lord. Help us, bless us take these thoughts further, crystallize them oh God, and make them ours. Thank you Lord Jesus. In Jesus name Amen. Praise God. Um, uh, so um, I think we, we looked at the ministry, I mean of the word of God to the soul, right? And we saw the ministry of the word of God to the how it first comes into the mind, right? In Hebrews chapter 8, he said that I will put my laws in their mind and then I will write it upon their hearts. Praise God. And then um, writing the law, putting the law in the mind is one thing. And we saw that how the law can sit, and we now began to see the process of how it needs to get into the heart. So well, it's very clear that this witness. Um, that they are speaking of here is talking about the the way w- which the law resides in the heart. Right, do you see that? It's talking about how the law resides where, how the law resides in the, with the heart, and you remember how uh, I, I mentioned something, I said that the problem with canality is the elevation of the mind above the heart, but um, you now see that the way it ought to be there are actually ministers within the heart that ought to be in control of what a person does that whose voice should be able to be superimposed upon the they should watch the mind in fact they should, it should, it should supervise the culturing of the mind the 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 the, edu- the job for educating the mind is the heart. The way it's supposed to be is that the heart should, in a way, supervise or create boundaries around how far the mind should go. How far, what kind of, how far should the person, let's say, journey in thoughts? What thoughts are safe? What thoughts are not safe? Like you said, that's the issue of the conscience. All right? The conscience is what creates those boundaries about what a what person does with their own consciousness, praise God. Now, inside the heart, uh, we saw something. We're seeing that what the heart actually receives are images. Right, the image of God, or God wants to give first of all the image of Christ. Right, the f- first of all the image of Christ, and then secondly the what, the image of who, if of the image of God. That uh, these are the images which a person is supposed to receive inside where? Inside their heart. Praise God. Now, in the tabernacle, the concept of witness, witnessing within the tabernacle, um, they, are, they are actually in two dimensions. There is the concept of witness inside the um, there is witness in the realm of Christ, and there is also witness in the realm of God. Is according to what portion of the testimony has been given to a soul, or what portion of the testimony has been given to a person, that determines where the witness will be speaking from. Do you see that? Uh-huh. So it determines where the what the witness will be what will be speaking from. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. So, so you see in this chapter here, um, I don't know if it's possible for us to read it again. Um, let's just read from verse 1. Thank you, Jesus. It says, And there was given me a read like unto a rod, and the angels too, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple, live out, and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. You see that? And then the holy city shall they tread under foot forty and two months. So, the, we saw the, the Gentiles taking the city, and we saw the Gentiles taking what? The city and the courts. Praise God. Because of, at this point, they are showing the, the, a sort of encroachment that is coming into a soul. Right? A, let's let's, let's you assume that a soul has defenses um, praise God, his soul has been has been overcome. Hmm. We say cuts. Then we say caught. Then we say Now It's an interesting way. You have to see this thing somehow. And when you see the Gentiles, the picture here is not, it's not just one picture. It is like multiple pictures at the same time that they are showing to you. So what they are saying here is not that a soul has no defense for the courts of their temple, and for the city. But somehow there's a defense in their soul. That's not the wrong picture. For each each of what they are showing, they are showing you a um, snapshot of a snapshot of a soul. Praise the Lord um, that has been that has interacted with the assault of darkness at different levels. Aha. He has interacted with what? The assault of what? Darkness. Of darkness at different levels. So what they will send to hurt the, the formation of Christ in a soul is not the same thing they will send to hurt the, the, the stature the, or the name of the Holy Ghost. In a soul. Right? If a soul has come into the inheritance of the Holy Ghost through the milk of the word, you find that somebody who is in that place, like I said, just the Gentile conversation, the conversation of people who just love things on the earth, it's easy to shift such a person. Right? It's easy to do what? To shift such a person from, from their cause. But if that happens to a person, then after a while they can then increase the operation of darkness against that soul. And when they increase the operation of darkness, right, they will, they can they, will be, they can begin to um, the more damage can be done to the soul when they increase the operation of darkness or what is coming against the soul. Praise the Lord. Uh Um, Now, the witness, the the, the prophecy of these witnesses, which which is in the realm of Christ, is very clear that such a person who has fullness of the witness of Christ in them, that the person is higher than being seduced by the conversation of Gentiles. Right, so... What they are saying here is not that, they're not showing you a soul that, that has a witness of Christ, but their, their court was taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to show you what they are, the, uh, the scripture, you have to be careful with. Uh, with uh, the, someone who has a witness of Christ in them, they are, they, they, the city will be safe because of the witness of Christ that, it has, that is there in the soul. And if a person has the witness of the law of God in their heart, the entire city of their soul will be safe because of how far this is a judgment which they carry on the inside. And so a gen, they can't, you can't bring a Gentile conversation like against a priest, like I said last time. You will just see nothing to it. You will just wrap it up. But there's something you can bring against a priest uh-huh, that can be a problem. So what they are just showing here is they are just trying to, they just divided the soul I began to speak about for each aspect. The first aspect of how far can the Gentile, the seduction of the Gentile life, go? In terms of how how far can it go? In terms of its power, how far can it go to a soul? And you say that it can go to a certain level, right? Then you now you now begin to bring other powers. or you need higher powers to cause more devastation to the world, to the soul. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, these witnesses, praise God. In verse three, he said, "I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days, clothed in what sackcloth. And these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before where before the God of the earth. Right, and if any man will hurt them, fire." proceeded out of their mouths and devoured their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be what? Be killed. Now, you see that verse 4. It says that these are the two olive trees, first of all, and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. Now, when, it, when they use the word before God, before in the scripture, they, you have to wonder which realm before God are they talking about. There is the immediate realm before God. The immediate realm before God is the everlasting realm, which is actually a most holy realm before God. But there is also, they use the word before sometimes to mean the realm that is before God, which is the realm of the sanctuary or the realm of sanctification. Now, here, they are, they are speaking here, they say these two witnesses, they are first, when you are think, looking at it from the realm of God, they are first of all the two olive trees. They are first, they are the first witness as olives inside the realm of work of God's own life. They have their witness of olives. But when you move further into the, the next realm before God, which is the realm of the, the, the sanctuary, you see them as two candlesticks who are, also, who are also witnessing. I just want to show that separation between them. That what you're seeing here are, they say it's two witnesses, it's two witnesses, but like I said, there are two orders of witness. Two orders now, two orders of witness for the two realms that are still left standing. The city has been taken, the court has been taken. Then you have two two realms left. You have the sanctuary, and what the most holy place, or you have the holy place, and you have what the most holy place. So these those realms are. The realms of safety according to the two witnesses. Are you seeing that there? They are the realm of what? Of safety according to what? The two witnesses. Aha. Now what does this mean? This doesn't mean that a soul that has this witness in them doesn't have safety in the court of their soul. That's not what it means. But what it means is that a soul that is undergoing transformation in terms of their journey towards God, when they arrive at the court of God alone, they don't yet have the safety of this witness. Because the Levite, that's the thing with a Levite. A Levite, even though he has been separated, he doesn't yet have the, the, the knowledge of God. The difference between a Levite and a priest is the knowledge which they, which they keep. You see that in the book of Malachi, right? He said in the book of Malachi, he said that the, the priest's lips shall what? Keep knowledge. And they shall search, seek the law at his mouth. Let's quickly see that, just very quickly. Book of Malachi, we'll, we'll come back here. Are you in Malachi? Are you sure? Okay, praise God. Verse 4, chapter 2, Malachi 2, verse 4. said, and you shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. Then my covenant was with him of life and peace. So this is talking about the covenant of Levi. Levi as a people, as a tribe. Uh-huh. So, Levi has the covenant of life and then covenant of peace. It means that inside Levi, you find, those are the, the two covenants you find. But When you join in the scripture, you now realize that not all, all Levites have the covenant of life, but not all Levites have the covenant of peace. Wow. That they are, in, inside the house of Levi, there is a particular house yeah. that the covenant of peace Pertains to, which is the priestly house in the, in, the, uh, in the tribe of Levi. Praise God. The covenant of life and peace. And I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. Verse 6, the law of truth was in his mouth and iniquity was not found where? In his lips. He walked with me in what? Peace and equity and did, not, and did turn many away from what? From iniquity. Inuk- so yeah, I've seen this verse 6 now. He's talking about the, he's still talking about Levi generally. But it's in chapter 7 is the explanation of what they are saying in chapter 6. Right? It's in chapter 7 they are now telling you who out of Levi actually carries what, sorry, chapter? Verse, sorry. Verse, I'm so sorry. So who in the tribe of Levi holds the thing in verse 6. It's in verse 7, they are telling you which of the Levites hold what you see in verse 6. right? Verse 7 that says, for the priest's lips should keep knowledge. You see that in verse 5, they mention the general covenant of life and peace. Then in verse 7, they now began to, to, to go deeper into the covenant of peace. And he said the law of truth was in his mouth and iniquity was not found in his lips for he walked with me in peace and equity and did, not, and did turn many away from iniquity. Verse 7, for the priest's lips. So who in Levi would they commit this thing to? He said it's the priest's lips that should keep knowledge and they should then seek the law at where his mouth for he is the word messenger of who? The Lord of hosts. So it's very clear that when he speaks of the messenger of the Lord of hosts is talking about the he's talking about a priestly messenger, not a high priestly messenger right the messenger of the word Lord of hosts is the word priestly so another word for messenger of the Lord of hosts is the angel of the Lord of hosts right the angel or the so who is a priest? A priest is an angel of who? Of the Lord of hosts. But who is an high priest? A high priest is an angel of the Lord of glory. Or is an angel of almighty God himself. Praise God. So it's very clear that these, what these, these, these beings hold when you move into priesthood, and then you move further into high, priest, high priesthood, Praise God. My brother, I don't know, can you see, can you see me from there? It's like you are struggling a bit. Is it possible there? I think there are some, if you, if, you, if you want to move, you can move. Ahem, ahem, lovely. <laughs> I can see your face. Thank you so much, sir. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Yeah, so, so you see what they, are, what they are holding is, they are holding dif- they are holding different, that word, message, is also witness. Yes. That word message is also what? Witness. It's also the, the witness which they are holding, the witness which they are carrying. Praise God. So, in the, in the, the Lord of hosts, you the, when you talk of hosts, you're thinking about the second realm, the realm of sanctification or the second heaven. That's the realm of hosts. Praise God. Um, and then those, that realm of hosts is the realm of priestly witness right, then you have, beyond that, you have the highest realm. You have the realm of hosts, then you have the realm of spirits, right? You have the realm of hosts, then you have the realm of spirits. The realm of hosts is also the realm of ministers, right? First of all, Him who maketh his angels' spirits? That's the most holy um, formation. Then who maketh his angels, his ministers, sorry, a flame of fire? Praise the Lord, and so... Those flame of fire are who they call the hosts. Praise the Lord. Aha. So this um, is very clear. You now see that those realms, the priestly realm and the high priestly realm, they they, they are different realms of two kinds, two orders of witness. Two orders of witness. You have the witness in the holy place, which is priestly. And you have witness in the most holy place, which is what? which is a high priest, which is high priestly. Amen. Amen. The witness in the holy place is a burning witness. The witness in the most holy place is a shining witness. And the witnessing is according to is according to the kind of light that is present in each realm. Right? The, it's according to the the kind of light that is present where in each realm. So in the realm of the sanctuary, which is the priestly realm, is a realm of a burning light. And the realm of the most holy is a realm of what? Is a is more of a is a realm of realm of a shining light. Praise the Lord. Or is the place of where? Of a higher light, so you can cl- clearly you cannot separate witness too from a is a way witness is a concept of or how of inward seeing it is a way of of what is a witness to witness the witness is is actually talking about different kind of eyes that is so so you are talking about this. There's a way is a a priest has inheritance of eyes inside his heart. We're talking about now, not just the eyes of the mind. We're talking about the eyes of the heart. Praise the Lord. The priest has an inheritance of eyes of his heart. The high priest has his own kind of inheritance of eyes. That word eyes talking about judgment. Judgment and how you see. Judgment and how you see. Judgment, how you see. Do you see that? I hear. Praise the Lord. Now, if, if we go back to Revelation chapter 11, Father, we bless your name. Praise God. Revelation 11. So, it says that these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. Now, two olive trees, two candlesticks. The the, Jeremiah Zachariah saw this vision. Let's see just Zechariah quickly. Glory to Jesus. Okay, let's see. Zechariah. Chapter 4, Zechariah chapter 4, if you are there say amen, Amen. Zechariah 4, and and the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep and said unto me, what seest thou? And I said, I have looked and behold a candlestick, all of gold with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lambs thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lambs, which are upon the top thereof. And then two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. And then so I answered and speak unto the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? And then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what this be? And I said, No, my Lord. And he answered and spake unto me, saying, That this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel, Thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof, with shoutings, crying grace, grace to it. And moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel has laid the foundation of this house, and his hands shall also finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has what sent me unto you." for." Who had despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. They are the eyes of the Lord, which run to and fro through the whole earth. And I answered and said unto him, What are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick and upon the left side thereof? And I answered again and said unto him, What be these two olive branches? Which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves. And he answered me and said, Knowest thou not what this be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then said he, These are the two anointed ones that would stand by the word, the Lord of the whole earth. The two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. That word, they use standby for those ones, they call the two anointed ones. Praise God. So, um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Um, so this is a vision that the Lord gave to, um, to Zechariah. Now, Zechariah was a prophet for the building of the house. Now, interesting, this was the season of the building of the house. Revelation which was revealing the... The, it was revealing the operation of darkness for the destruction of the house. Right? This one is showing the way of how to build it. That they were trying to build it, then they, then they got stuck. There, was, there were problems wrong with it. They needed, they needed a, a prophet like Zechariah who can, who can see vision, who can see in the spirit. What are the elements that are wrong? What are the things that are not in place that need to be in place for, to cause the house to be raised properly. Praise God. And then part of Zechariah's vision was to, to cite the inward operation of witness within the house, the inward operation. And one of the things the, 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 the things that he actually saw here was that, and this is one of the, the big mighty revelation from this vision is that the witness, the witness. In the temple is the generator of grace. That's one of the, the, the main takeaways from this vision is that it's the, it's the witness within, that is the word, the generator. And, and we know what grace is, that grace is the antidote to sin. You see that if the house of the tabernacle, the, the tabernacle of God was, is, a, is, a, is a development against sin and iniquity. The tabernacle is God's answer. It's God's solution. It's a house. The tabernacle is, or a temple is a house that wars with sin. The house that fights with sin. The house that can handle sin. That can delete sin. The tabernacle is the place that you take sin to and sin will end. The only place that you can carry sin anywhere. The guys will carry their sin a the whole year. It's still there. When they bring it to that place, there's something about the house the way God has designed for that house to be, that it can swallow up sin. That's the concept of the tabernacle. It's the design, it's the wisdom of God that can that can deal with sin. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? You see, how can it, anything that can handle sin must be gracious. It's just a, it's just a plain New Testament sense that the antidote to sin is grace. How many of you don't understand that? You don't know that yet. You don't, we all know that, right? You, it's very clear to you that, that anybody who is, who is suffering from sinfulness, that if unless they come in contact with grace, you can never have victory over sin. Right? The answer to sin is not prayer. The answer to sin is not is not going to church. The answer to sin is not singing and dancing. The answer to sin is not paying tithe and paying vows. Praise God! The answer to sin is what grace until. Grace comfort for where sin abound, that grace did much more abound. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How can we who are dead to sin live any longer in it? Praise God. So it's very clear that the, the reason for the abundance of grace is for to deal with sin, is to cut short and the reign of sin. To stop, grace stops the reign of sin. Grace stops sin. When sin is reigning, and grace comes. Grace will shut down the reign of sin. See, so sin, you can no longer have reign here. You can no longer have dominion here. Praise God. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the purpose of the house of the tabernacle, the house, the tabernacle is a gracious building. When it was time to build it, the grace was lacking. That was what's, what's the problem. That they now found out it must be, it must be built graciously. It's, it's by grace. The very fabric of the tabernacle is grace. It's the release of grace. How can grace be released against the sins of men? Does that make some sense to you? Yes, Aha, praise God. And now, so here in this vision, um, they, are now, they are now seeing, they are also showing, um, they showed the, the candlestick as One. Here do you see that they show the candlestick as what as one here are, are we tired are you sure you' sure you're not tired praise God amen hallelujah amen. glory to Jesus praise the Lord the um the, the, the tabernacle here, because this place, um, this vision here is trying to show the, the, how the candlestick, the candlestick in the holy place is the supply of the eyes. All right? That you, you cannot have grace without sight. It is sight. Sight is what open the soul to connect grace. And light. Sight means light. How you see. You a soul can be shut off from grace. And then sin is reigning. Then open the eye to see differently. Grace will flood the soul to stop sin. Do you see? Are you seeing the connection between, how, between light or sight and word and grace? Praise God. Said, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He says that you should be sober, get up the loins of your mind, and then hope to the end for the grace that should come to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That word revelation means sight. At the, at when He's revealed, there's a grace that should come to you. So, the purpose of, this, of sight, revelation, is to give opening for grace. That's the main reason for revelation, for eyes to change, one of the problems with the Levite is the, is the light that they are using. The reason why there's no difference between the Gentiles, the reason why Gentiles can come and take over the court of the Gentiles, of the Levites, is because when it comes to light, it hasn't really changed. Right, there's, there, there can be, after change of faith occurs, it can take some time for the light of that faith, for the soul to come into the light of the faith of the sun. You get what I mean? It's not every soul that has arrived at the light of the faith of the sun. At the point, the faith of the sun will first measure separation for the soul, but it has not yet brought its very light yet to the soul. Because the light that is within that faith is actually praise God, is the light for inheritance, which is actually beyond separation. Right, I'll deliver you from the Gentiles and from the people to whom I now send you. Acts chapter 26. So, now let's look at something. Delivering from the Gentiles. That one is talking about delivering from Gentile conversation. I will deliver you from the Gentile. Acts twenty-six, and from the people to whom I now send you. To open blind eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. So Adim re- then receive forgiveness of sin. It's very clear that forgiveness of sin is the operations of grace, which will come as a result of opening blind eyes, turning them from darkness unto Light. Do you want to read it in Acts chapter 26? Before we come back here, maybe those who are not familiar with that verse, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 17 right, over 16, it says, but rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. This was Jesus speaking to Saul of Tarsus at that time. To make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto you, Right, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I do what send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins. You see that without opening their eyes and turning them from darkness to light, they will not now. And then from the power of Satan to God, they will not receive forgiveness of sins and then inheritance among them that are sanctified. By what faith that is in me. Now, just to clarify something, now verse, everything in verse 18 is is the same thing in verse 17. Verse 18 is the same thing in verse 17. But verse 17 is it happening to Paul. Verse 18 is Paul ministering it to others. Do you see that? That everything in if you want to sum up what, what they are mentioning in verse 18, it is delivering from the people and deliverance from the Gentiles. Deliverance from the people and deliverance. That is a is a Holy Ghost term. When you talk of when you say you are delivering you from the Gentiles, they're talking about delivering his soul from allocation of worldliness, which is which is which has held the Gentile soul down. But when he calls, when he says the people, the people is, a di- is different. The people is another kind of peoplehood, which is a type that was given to the Jews. But it's not, an, it's, not, it's not the accurate sense of peoplehood. The accurate sense of peoplehood is for a soul to become a people of God truly. Not, the, not, the, not in a type manner, the way the Jews are a people. So somebody ca- could be delivered from the Gentiles, but might not yet be delivered from his jew When I say jew I'm sorry, lack of, of English. is Jewish um, kind of behavior. Like when you see a Pharisee, the problem with a Pharisee is not a Gentilic behavior. It's, to be honest with you, Pharisees don't seek all those things the Gentiles seek that Jesus mentioned in in Matthew chapter 6, those are low. Those are low things. They are just very low things. That's not the Pharisee's problem. Mm -hmm. The Pharisee's problem is greater. After, when you've delivered the Gentiles and a Gentile has been free for a long time, a Pharisee still has problem because of that pharisaical thing, what what that peoplehood meant. The strength, for example, which Saul of Tarsus was using To persecute the church, it was greater than the strength of a Gentile. A Gentile would not persecute the church in that way. There was something else, another strength that was framed inside of him that was an anti grace formation. That's that religious formation. It's an anti grace formation. It's it's actually a deadly thing that is stored inside inside such a person. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So you want to summarize the meaning of peoplehood? What? Who is a people? Peoplehood are those who are servants of a God. It's not worldliness. It's beyond worldliness. Paul of Saul of Tarsus was not a worldly man. He wasn't the world. When he was a Pharisee, he wasn't worldly. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh So one thing that the the religion the religion of the Jews did is that it, the, religion, re, the Jewish religion, when a person really goes far into it and prospers with it, it tampers with the soul. It makes, it makes the soul a people. Okay. A people is, is a person who is useful to a God. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Who's, and, and God wanted the Jews to be that way for himself. At a point where after a while, they pushed God away. And then when they push God away, another God, so that, ah, they've designed this place for me. I can easily use it. So they switch very quickly from God to another God who, who, then, who then became their father. We say, you are like your father, the devil. He's talking to Pharisees. Jesus can never tell a Gentile, like somebody who is from Europe or something, or from Asia, and say, you are like your father, the devil. No. They are just worldly they are Gentile souls. It's not the same level like somebody who was a Pharisee, who, somebody who had the discipline of the law in his soul, but without God entirely in the picture. So when you do that, another God will come and say, this kind of soul is useful. Ah, you can get something done that a Gentile cannot do. Example, killing the, killing the Lord of glory, crucifying the Lord of glory, A Gentile doesn't have the mind to do that. When they brought Pilate, say, bring me bowl, bring me water. Let me wash my hand out of this. Let me leave you guys and your. your." He he knew this guy is a king. He knew him. He said, Let me release your king so you guys go and kill him by yourself. My hand is off this matter. Means he didn't have the mind for that kind of thing. But who had the mind? Pharisees conniving and collaboration, close collaboration with the chief priests of the temple. <laughs> <laughs> those are the ones who killed Jesus. You, you, are you getting what I'm trying to say? Yes, uh, so, so that thing, it was a stature. It means that you can almost, you can equate Judas' stature hmm. to the stature of those Pharisees and chief priests. The same way Jesus called, have I not chosen you to have one of you is a devil? Is addressing them with the same language means they are all of the same stock. How were they raised? Law. How was Judas raised? I'm sure it was the same spirit around the the the, the around the law. I don't. I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm able to trace how, where he got that thing from. But there's uh, something that he, maybe he began to fellowship with the Pharisees too much and picked their nature. Are you getting what I'm trying to say to you? Uh-huh. So you understand what they mean by, ha, when they say, Saul, so, Saul, so, man, we are not just saying, there's, your problem is not Gentilism or anything, no? There's a peoplehood in you. But it's a, it's a wrong, you are, you are a people of, you, Saul became a people of a wrong God. When I say peoplehood, I'm talking about in his soul, became like a people. According to like Second Corinthians, I will be your God and you will be my people. That's, you cannot separate being people from being a God. When you say this one is a people, they are a people of a God. If they have not come into that place of relating with a God, they are not yet a people. This is, we are, you know, we are using scripture language. This is not English. You say, oh, what do you mean? People, oh, dictionary definition, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how the Holy Ghost uses the word peoplehood. He always reference it to the relationship that a person has with a God. When a person begins to relate directly with a God, they are a people to that God. What a God relates with are his people. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Uh-huh. So, delivering you from the people and then from the Gentiles talk about two, two levels of deliverance. Which ought to be wrought inside of Paul, which is then the same thing, which he will he will have to then minister. Do you see now? Because Paul was not just a minister; he was both the, a witness and a minister. What that means? There is difference between just someone can be a minister of or. And through administration, bring a representation of some things that he himself is not a witness concerning. That was not the, the method of this man. Paul was different. Paul did not witness anything, did not minister anything which he was not a witness to. Okay. That's why he would preach. He was going in between. We say The gospel of Christ, then he would say, My gospel. Yes. Gospel of Christ, my gospel. Yes. He, he wasn't lying, it's true. Praise the Lord. So in that verse 16, praise God, verse 16 says, But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister, and what? A witness, both of these things and of those things in the which I will, what? Appear unto thee. Then verse 7, I will now walk to make you a witness, is verse 17. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles whom I now send thee. Then, then when I send you to them, you now begin the ministry aspect of it. And the ministry aspect is you want to open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light, then from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive what? Now, watch this. They may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith in that is in me. So forgiveness of sin is the same thing as being sanctified by faith that is in me. Because those who he should receive inheritance or that, that he will minister inheritance to are those who are are going to come into an inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith. Right? And the sanctification by this faith is also the same thing as receiving forgiveness of sins. Right? When they say forgive sin, forgive sin is not Jesus, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. That's not forgiveness of sin. This forgiveness of sin it's not God being angry with you, and you say, God, I'm sorry, and then you say, I'm, not more, I'm no more angry. It's not, it, forgiveness of sin has nothing to do with God's emotions. To be honest with you, forgiveness of sin doesn't really have much to do with God. It has everything to do with you. Right? It's that you are the one who has the sin. The sin is not some, just something you did. Sin is something inside you that made you do something. Yes. Yes. Do you understand what I mean? So, so that's why there's folly in New Testament, for a New Testament child of God to just come and say, Ah, I did this thing, therefore now God is, I said, God forgive me. And God now became happy and I felt the, the Holy Spirit back inside my heart. And, and God became happy. You're talking about just an emotional something. Are you getting what I'm saying? But that thing that you you did, what made you do that thing has not been touched. It's still inside you, intact. You've not received forgiveness of sin according to New Testament language of forgiveness of sin. The ministry of forgiveness of sin is the removal of sin. The removal of sin is actually a a deposit, is a nature, is an inheritance that a soul has inherited. That it, that's the thing that fountains, fountains out sins or what you call actions or sinful actions. But a lot of times we see sinful action, but and we try to appease God <laughs> about sinful action. But it seems that God is not an irresponsible, wicked father. God is not satisfied for you saying, I'm sorry. God still sees the sin inside you as you're walking away. God, we are now at peace. God is saying, "No, no, please, can you come? Please, don't go. Come, come, come. We have to deal with what the sin." So, to the forgive, say forgive, forgive. forgive. When you want to break that word down, forgive means what you have to give for something. Do you understand what I mean? What you have to do, what? It means that there has to be, in terms of, there has to be, what is it? to receive forgiveness of sin. That they may receive forgiveness of sin. Is the, what you are receiving there is not a smile from God. We are okay now. Maybe God was finding me before. Why did you sin? Say, Lord, I'm sorry in Jesus' name. We are okay now. So. So forgiveness of sin is not receiving a smile from God. It's actually the, the, there's actually a giving and receiving of something. It's actually a giving, and a, God is a real God. God is a serious God. God has real, serious answers to the problem of sin in men. God doesn't deal in empty, useless symbolisms. God doesn't deal, God is not a child. God is not playful. It's not playing. It's not, God is not just, it's not, this is not an amusement park. Church is not a place for, it's a, it's a place where real things should happen. When a person is in church, you are interacting with God. You should be changing. You should be changing. Things that were in you should be living. Other things should be coming. There should be a transaction in the soul. It's not just talking things and all that. No, no, we're talking about the business of church is transaction. Transaction. That's what that was about. God is a, God is not four one nine. You know four one nine, nice story. Hey, when you read it, the email when they they finish the work on in the email, they can slate. this Bible is not a four one nine letter. It's not a four one nine word. it's not four one nine letter. That you should be holy without blame before Him in love. That's the promise, Ephesians chapter one. Chapter one. Right, it means that when God says that, it means there's a plan for a man to be holy and without blame before Him. All these things are promises. The promises of Second Corinthians chapter six, right? Come from among them, be separate, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and then you shall become sons and daughters unto me. Then when He said, "I will walk in them," He wasn't playing. I will dwell in, I will walk in them, I will be their God. Mm -hmm. These things will happen. God is not a formal now. You get what I'm saying? So the, so let's get used to transacting with God for change of nature. Change of things. Let things inside you give some things up. Is it okay? Is it okay for you to give some things up? Yes, sir. Change nature. Change nature. Change it. Be okay with changing your nature. Be okay with letting things go and let God put other things. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So this is what... This is what Paul ministered for. These things are real. Paul did not just, when we talk about a lot of new creation reality teachings came out of Paul's teaching. But, but here you are reading what God sent Paul to go and do. It's not just to write things for people to claim or to have a mental assent to. It's to actually to give them an inheritance among them that are what, sanctified. So, I've gone through the actual process of sanctification by what faith that is in me. Does that make sense? Praise the Lord. Amen. So, I was just reading that to just show us the the idea that everything has to do with the eyes. All the provision in the tabernacle our uh, provision first of provision of eyes. So if you want to bring dealings, God wants to bring dealings to a soul to take things from, away from the soul and then to put his own things, other things inside the soul God must by necessity do something first. He must change the light that that soul is using. That's the principle that we just saw in Acts chapter 26. Uh, do you see that? So he must change the light. And so we see that when a person just based on the wisdom of the tabernacle, when if someone journeys from outside the camp or wherever they are, and they come into the courts, they've not changed light yet. So if they've not changed light, they cannot receive inheritance. That is why you see, the Gentiles, according to Revelation chapter 11, can come and say, "Leave! Don't measure the courts. Don't measure the city. For the Gentiles have tro- trod under it for three and a half years. It has been given unto them. Why can the Gentile bring temptation with his conversa- life conversation against a Levite and win him? It's because why? They are under, what's the light? The light of the sun. The same light of the sun that shines in the marketplace where the Gentile cheats and and does all the things that he does is the same light that is shining in the courts of the tabernacle where the Levite is doing his own thing there. And the sun is a sponsor of lust. The sun is what? is a sponsor. If you ask me, okay, what is the sun now? What is the sun? This sun you're talking about. The sun is simple. Simple. Very simple. The sun is just the natural eyes every man is born with. I don't mean this one. I mean the eyes of your soul. That eye. Is the, the sun is the, is, is that the light that, is for, that it doesn't discriminate. Everybody is under it. The same light. Everybody is under that light. It means... And you wonder, why does everybody have the same frame of thinking? At this age, you must do this. At this time, you must do that. Everybody's thinking the same. The same because of one light. It's the same light. You get born again, in your st- that same light. The same thing, the way you prioritize your life before you got born again, you still do the same thing. You don't have what it takes to change that because it's just the sun. Everybody looks up and they see the sun. The sun dictates what to do. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's, it takes some time before a Levite, the, the fate of the son can make his soul have separation but not have light yet mm. or not change light. It takes some time before the light which a soul is using now changes. What that means is that the... Operation of the faith of the Son of God, or the faith is the same thing as the faith of Christ. The operation of that faith, it has to operate in a man. It has to do a lot of things. The first work it will do is to separate the soul. Then after that, it will keep working and keep working until it can change the light over the soul. Uh-huh. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? Now, when I'm talking of the light over the soul, I'm not talking about revelation in the mind. I'm not talking about understanding scripture. Understanding of scripture is not, it's not the light that men used to live. Nobody can live by understanding of scripture. When time to do things come, you find that you've done everything before you come back to take the scripture and read it. You forget scripture, and you will be in. It means that the light. When you say sun, sun, that thing, or what the light that many Now, when you were in the world, were you quoting scripture to live? Or is there a book of worldliness that you go always go to check? Today we are living out of chapter. Pride, the book of Pride, of life, chapter ten, verse two. Says thou shalt always not come under. Thou shalt. <laughs> thou shalt never listen when thou art spoken to. You, you were not reading book to know that. I get what I'm trying to say, but you had a light. The light was just. It's in the heart. It's just talking to it, telling you. Oh, interesting. Forget about that thing, man. You guys are not mates. Why are you? You are not mates. You are not the same class. You are not on the same level. Forget that. Forget that thing. Don't even waste time with this one. This one is not a serious person. Where did that thing come from? It's a light. It's a light. That light is what put men in classes upon the earth. That light divides men. That light is what chats cause for men, for souls. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Where that light, we're talking about a light that is buried in the heart. The the light is connected to the very depth of a person. That, That light is the when Jesus said the light of the body is the eye, that, is not the, that actually is talking about the light of the heart. That body is talking of there. It's not the outward man. What, he was, what Jesus was speaking about was he was seeing the soul as a body. He was using the word body there, not in terms of flesh. He's using body in terms of the, the organization that makes that mix up body. You go into the eyes of the heart, so you can say the heart also has feet with which it walks. The heart has hands with which it does things. The heart has its own, own eyes with which it sees. The heart can also hear. It has its ear. It has its, are you getting what I'm saying? So there's a way that you can see this, the heart as a, as a body. That's what Jesus was speaking about. He said the light of the body is the eyes. And if your eyes be evil, and your whole body shall be what? If your eye is good, is single, sorry, your body shall be full of light. If the eye be evil, the body shall be full of. And then, if the light that is in you is darkness, how great! Hey, you are in, you are in trouble. If the light that is in you, does the meaning of that? So, where the light that is in men, where does it reside? Is in the heart. So Jesus was trying to was detailing inheritance of light that men have in their heart from where their life fountains from. Direction flows out of their depth. They don't question it. They cannot question it. Men just flow. Define ways upon the earth are defined already to the soul. Just for, it's called the cause of this world. You just go according to that path that has been already set for the soul. Am I making some sense to you? Uh-huh. So, so when we're talking about changing of light, we're talking about changing of that the, resi- the residing light in the heart is not the giving of Scripture. Scripture can eventually lead to that light being changed. Do you see what I'm saying? So until that light in the depth changes from the sun to the light of a candlestick. That is the concept of the holy place. One of the main things about the holy place is to change the light of a being of a person. Instead of sun, enter the first veil, and enter into that season of sanctification. Let me tell you guys something: sanctification doesn't happen outside, under the sun. As long as you're under the sun, you can never be compatible with sanctification. If the, that light, if the light that you were born with, uh, sorry, let me not say born with, the light that you inherited from when you were a child, naturally, if that light does never changes, means that that way of seeing, how you see the world, if that thing never changes, you will never be holy. If that light never changes, they will never be able to separate the person from unclean things. No matter how much church the person attends, how much Bible they read, or how much they hang around Christian people, to be able to take a soul, it's not possible to under the sun separate a soul from unclean things. Because the light of the sun is the sponsor of unclean things. As long as a soul is seized with that kind of eye, he will just be going towards unclean, touching them. Touching the unclean means touching, touching. The word touch means there will always be a connection to unclean. You You cannot separate uncleanness from the soul. You do everything you can. Talk to them, advise them, preach to them. It's hard to separate uncleanness from his soul, whose inward eyes, or light, has not been changed. Praise the Lord. Am I making some sense to you? Amen. So this change of light is very, very key. Now when the soul then comes inside the sanctuary, he then comes into a the season of a different kind of light. Now, the light within the soul, which the ministry of the New Testament gives to a person, is the witness in their soul. Mm-hmm. Do you see that? I love that. That's my hey. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. The light in the soul of a person who has journeyed into the world of sanctification. That light, when a person begins to just shift from under the sun, that's moving for beyond just Levitical life. When the soul begins now begin to hold priesthood, the sign of a priest is their eyes. The sign of a priest is how, what they, how they see. It's not the same thing as a Levite. A Levite can be carrying his lusts around. He can be handling sacrifice, put it on top of the altar, cut the neck, pour the blood. When you see a Levite, hey, you say, carry these guys. Eh? What will we do without all these guys? When you see the way they are handling the sacrifice, they will be making the thing be going up. You will be thanking God. Hey, Thank God for Levite too. And when we bring a, a, an animal, they know what to do with it. I've seen all those displays of Levites. You know, because Levites are the ones who do the, the things that the people can see. Imagine Israel gathered and they're clapping. Hey! who are they clapping for? The Levitical boys. Because of the way they handle what? The sacrifice. Around the temple. A lot of times the the, the the path the dealing of sanctification happens without applause. When a soul is being sanctified, nobody's applauding. Nobody's the Israel have no clue what they, how they deal with a soul inside the sanctuary. There's nothing to applaud there, it's a it's a secret operation. There's no audience. Sanctification has no audience. If there's an audience, it's not sanctification. That's just—it's not me that did it that way. It's just God. It's the design. Go to Exodus. You see, that's just how this—that's the order of it. If there are people clapping for you, whatever that, forget about it. What you are doing is not sanctification. It's not sanctified. Are you getting what I'm saying? So they have to change the light. You, you, you can see it when his soul, when his soul's light begins to change. After a while, after a while, after a while, everything they'll be hearing, the doctrine they'll be hearing, you now begin to see, ah, a tiny flicker of light just begins to shine within the heart. A tiny burning kind of light. It starts as a little light. A little light. It just starts as a little light. That's when the, the priestly eye begins to, to open up, right? On the inside. That's the time when a person begins to become a priest. Now, listen to me. I'm not talking about the lamp or the menorah ministering to you. I'm talking about you developing lamp. Yeah. Do you understand the
0: difference?
1: You understand the difference? You don't understand the difference? Those things are the light. You know, the light, light is also an eye, right? When you look at the flame, flames, the light is an eye. Those are eyes. The same shape of, a, of, of your eye is the shape of a light. So each, each light is a sight, right? That's overall that shape, right? These are actually two lights. Your eyes are, they just made them horizontal. <laughs> Maybe just to show that this is the horizontal being, it's the man it's on the earth they made it horizontal. But if you take your eyes and do, turn it like this, they, you understand what Jesus said, that the, the light of the body is the eye, is the light. Jesus is saying the eye is actually a representation of light. It's like a lamp, a little flame. It's a flame, right? That's eyes. Amen. So, so whenever the person is, say priestly school. When they begin to, to bring priestly school to a soul, means they begin to teach the person things about priesthood. It's not possible to come in under the learning of priestly things without the operation of the menorah. The menorah is the priestly light. Right, that is the priestly light. Every revelation concerning priesthood, concerning not touching the unclean thing, comes from that, from that light. So the menorah, that light of priesthood can be ministering to a person for a long time, sometimes for years, before there can be the lighting of even a single little flame of that light inside his own heart. Do you, are you getting the difference? Are you getting the difference? Uh-huh. Praise God. So, the, so when, this, when they're talking of witness, what they are teaching here is not the light you see when you go into the temple that minister to you. The witness is the light that has shined in a dark place in the soul of a person. It's when that thing that, you are, that has been schooling you now becomes your own inheritance. It, now, it forms the reason for the, every flame has potential to give birth to another flame as long as there's a foil. No flame is barren. Try it. Let, as long as there's foil. Have you ever seen foil is there and then you put the flame and refuse to give birth? It's not possible. Every flame is anointed to multiply itself. Every flame, once you, as long as there's foil there, that foil is the oil. The oil of the, of the vessel. It's the, is the, is the fuel to carry the flame of inheritance. That's why the bridegroom wanted there must be oil in the vessel. Because if there's no oil in the vessel, then there's no, I have no, I have no safety of continuity. You get what I'm saying? If if there's no oil in the vessel, I cannot trust the oil in the lamp. Because I cannot trust the flame in the lamp, sorry. Because the flame can do what? The flame can, the flame can go off. So, so you see the, the, the sanctuary, of course, those virgins who are waiting for the bridegroom, they are, they are supposed to be graduands of the sanctuary. right? So it's very clear that people who are graduands of the sanctuary are people who are, who are ready to bear the flame of sanctification in an everlasting way. A virgin that has oil in her vessel is a sign of, of preparedness for everlasting life. meaning that the person has come into a sense of accumulation of oil. Ah, are you seeing what I'm trying to say? They've come into a sense of what, accumulation of what? That's what sanctification is. When they say don't touch the unclean things, it's because unclean things will shift oil from, your, from you. Yes. It will, well, any soul that still touches unclean things, it has a leakage in their vessel yeah. that they cannot carry the oil of sanctification. They cannot carry the oil of holiness. They cannot carry that oil on. They don't have, their vessel is not a trusted reservoir of of oil because of uncleanness. Do you know that impurity spoils the flame? Take an oil and pour dirt in it and try and use it as fuel. There will be something wrong with the flame that will come out of it. When he says you should touch not the unclean thing, he's talking about you have to come into the standard of integrity for the fuel that should carry the, the fires, the fire of God. Now, that fire, see, the fire of sanctification is a fire that should never stop burning. Yes, sir. Where God, whenever you see God, there is a sanctified realm ever before him like when he landed on the mountain, the mountain started burning. As long as God is up there, it must burn. As long as God is up there, it must burn. As long as God is there, there is a fire around about him. There has to be a fire. There has to be a realm of sanctification around God because that realm is, the, is, one, of the, is the one of the realm of the, of the protection of the integrity of the life. So when he is talking about you being sanctified to a point of not touching the unclean thing, is for the preparation to carry God's life in an everlasting way. That's the reason for this thing. Am I speaking to you? I don't know. I feel like I don't know if I'm getting across to you. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. So the... Um, you're seeing what the vision of Zechariah is showing. Zechariah is showing the, the, it's showing a vision of the candlestick. Right, we've established that this candlestick is a kind of light. Right? It's not the light ministering to a person. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the light that is in you, like Jesus spoke concerning that's the matter. It's the light that is in you we are concerned about. We're not concerned about. Thank God for the season of light you came under. Thank God for that. Heaven is the one who supplied. Because by that light you will be learning. But what they watch for is the light that is in you. That was, that was Jesus' concern. The light that is in you will be darkness. Man, that darkness is greater. It means that it's not an insignificant thing. Heaven, they don't overlook the darkness in men. We are the ones who overlook our darkness and celebrate. You see, church, every Sunday morning is party. Am I correct? It's party. We're just celebrating and everything. And thank God for celebration. But if they can show you the if they can show you the implication of the darkness of the soul, that celebration might turn to morning very quickly. Everybody will just sit down and just say, Hey, we have a problem. Hey! You look at that one, you look at your own, look at everybody's own. Hey, whoa! (laughs) So it's not every time that we are clapping and dancing in church that everyone is clapping and dancing. Sometimes when you are shouting and dancing, they are weeping and they are crying. They are mourning over over the person who is clapping and dancing. Why? Because you are clapping and dancing with your darkness. With your darkness. But they are concerned as... This darkness is a problem. How great is this darkness? Men don't see it. The worst kind of case is the war, is the case that has plenty of revelation in their mind, but have darkness in their heart. Because those ones are more they are more they are more they are more critical case, because they go about with confidence. A mind can be tuned to the the light that is ministering to them, but oblivious to the darkness of the heart. Fruitfulness in the spirit is light, giving birth to light. Let the light that is ministering to you give birth to another flame on your inside. Let you have it as an inheritance. Every light from God is saying, inherit me, inherit me, inherit me inherits me. I, I like this thing of talking with you and giving you light and leading you, but I want to be inside you. Can I burn from within? Can I give you light from within? Can I, can I be the light in you? Every revelation you hear, I want you to hear that negotiation. Every revelation that comes to you is asking you, please, can I be a light in you? Can you have me as an inheritance? Can I be a witness on the inside of your heart? Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, let's quickly read um, this Zechariah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless your name. Amen. Amen. So, um, uh, just to summarize the vision of this Zechariah 4 that we read, it's just a vision of two olive trees, right, that have branches. Two olive trees, and then you see a candlestick. They, they describe the candlestick. The candlestick has a stand, then it has a bowl. From the bowl of the candlestick, you have seven pipes going from the bowl. And those seven pipes, at the end of the seven pipes, are flames. Each pipe having its own flame. Then you see the dead, you see two olive trees by the candlestick that is stretching branches and dripping golden oil into the bowl. The golden oil is dripping into the bowl, right? And the bowl, the pipes elevating from the bowl, the oil is traveling from the pipes up to give light. That's the vision, this vision. Are you seeing that? Okay. Now, when this vision here is to was to just to show what they want to really show is that light, the importance of that light of the holy place. But they show the light, but then they also show where the light is where it's stemming from, where is where is its source, the source of the flame of that light. And he said that is this that light is coming from two other witnesses. Now This light is a a witness. You get what I mean? But they said that this old light is now getting its own source from two witnesses. Two witnesses who all live in nature. They are not burning in nature. They all live in nature. And their oil can flow to create burning. So, it's very, very clear that the olive nature, we don't have time to join it too much in scripture to prove, but the olive nature is what you call the anointed nature or what you call spirit. Spirit. The olive nature is spirit. In Psalm 103, say, Bless the Lord, all you his angels, who, what, who do his commandment, who hearken unto the voice of his word. Then later I said, "Blessed the Lord, you ministers of his that do his pleasure. Those are talking about two realms of beings, right? The one who he calls angels, are uh, the ones who in chapter 104, the next chapter, he now said, who maketh his angels' spirit and is what ministers, what, the flame of fire. And in that place was eulogizing God as well. He was, was, said who set the beam of his, his chambers in the waters, right? Who made the cloud his chariot, then who walketh upon the wings of the wind? Now, those winds are beings of his realm. The same kind of beings that were seen in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 1, who are cherubims. So, cherubims who, upon whose wings he walks. which are, Those are winds, the wings of the wind. So, they are wind, means they are spirit. He maketh his angels what? Spirit. So spirit, when you say spirit, I was talking to someone yesterday, I was teaching that. Spirit, when you meet a seraphim, I say, seraphim, hey, how are you? Have you seen Michael? You know if someone called Michael, say, oh, we know about, we've heard of Michael, oh. And there's also another one, like him, called Gabriel. I say, have you seen them? I say, ah, oh, no, we can't see them now. They are spirit.
4: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: A seraphim will say that because to a seraphim, a cherubim is a spirit, do you understand what I mean? Their they are, they are operations are spirit too. It's higher. It's more invisible. Do you get what I'm saying? That's why they were called Lucifer. Thou art the anointed cherub. That cover it. Thou art anointed cherub means spirit cherub. Anointed cherub means thou art the spirit cherub. Thou art the You are a spirit. You are an angel. You were an angel. He was an angel, right? Are you Praise the Lord. Are you getting the sense of what I'm trying to say? So the olive nature, the olive nature is actually talking about is a nature of certain kind of beings who who are in who are who have full spirit, who have spirit as their nature. Or who have an anointed nature, who are framed anointedly. They are anointedly constructed beings. When I say anointedly, I'm talking about anointing just means the carriage of spirit. So, an anointed nature is a nature that carries spirit, is a nature that is one with spirit, is a nature that is spiritual. Am I making some sense to you? Yeah, are you understand? The way you're looking at me, I'm not too encouraged. <laughs> these things are very simple. We all know all these things, even, all right? No. Praise God. I, I, sometimes I don't understand you guys. I get lost sometimes in terms of pray. Am I just talking, or am I? And then after a while, I will feel like, ah, you guys know all these things now. Why am I teaching below you guys? <laughs> and then when I look at your face, sometimes it's seeming like, ah. Why are you teaching about these things? <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. But um, I just feel the Lord wants to bless us in this way. I don't know if this is, if this is blessing you. Amen. So, praise God. The, the nature of when you say a spirit, who is a spirit? Those kind of beings of the Most Holy, a spirit is a nature compatible with the witness in God. Aha, they are a spirit that they have another way. You see the cherub when they spoke about the cherubims in Revelation chapter four. Say having eyes, and then look at when you compare with Ezekiel, they have eyes within and without. Means they are, they are beams of eyes. And then check where they position them. The way they designed Moses to, to do the, the work of the ark is that he had the work of cherubims overshadowing the mercy seat, looking down upon the testament within the ark. So it means that the nature of spirit is a nature that is raised to deal with the testimony or the witness of God himself. Now, what does that mean? It's talking about a nature that can see laws in God, that can see the laws of God. A nature that is a witness to the life of God. They are witness to his secret. A, A seraphim does not have witness of the secret of God. But a seraphim, ministers can minister to him. There is a difference between a minister and a messenger, or a minister uh, or an angel. A minister is set to minister, but a messenger is privy to secret. He can carry the secret. That's what you call, and they call them angels. Bless the Lord, you angels. You who, angels of his, who, do His commandment hearkening unto the voice of His word. Are you seeing that? I don't say that voice of His word or commandment. is talking about the commandment is the testimony. The commandment is a testimony, or the commandment is a testimony of God. It just means that they know things about the life of God. They know things about the standard of God's life. Amen. Amen.
4: They
1: know things about what? Standard standard. That's why when the book of Revelation is time to bring it, the, to reveal that standard to servants. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show unto his servant things which must shortly come to pass. And then he sent it and signified it by his angel. He can't give that a seraphim cannot bear that message. It would take a it would take a spirit to bear the testimony of he who is spirit. God is spirit. And then they that worship him must worship him in spirit. So the realm of God is a realm of spirit. They call him also the father of spirit. When, As soon as he fathers you, just know you are a spirit. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? <laughs> when he said, thou art my son, today have I begotten you. They are just giving birth to a spirit. When he came in Jordan and said, Thou art my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. That was he's talking about his spirit. It was the spirit talking about this, the spirit, his son, who he has brought forth by causing his soul to journey till his soul became spirit. Who is spirit? Spirit begin from the everlasting school of everlasting life is the school of spirits. The school of people with spirit nature. The same kind. It means that it's a school to be born of God. Praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Uh-huh. So, are you seeing that spirit thing? Spirit, 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 spirit. God is spirit. Spirit just means, yeah, it means the, the spirit life of God is the life beyond man. That which man cannot see. That which, when the the Christ nature is formed, it cannot see it. They will not tell the Christ, you have to now be giving birth to, again, to see another kind of life. It's not the life of man, it's the life of God. Do you understand what I mean? Uh So, that, that matter, the matter concerning the life of God is the matter which, which angels like Michael withhold concerning. Are you getting what I'm saying? said, no one withholdeth concerning with me in this matter except Gabriel. They're talking about matters concerning God. Yes. Uh-huh. Aha, amen. amen. Thank you. I'm just describing something I heard. That's not the message. So you can understand something in the realm of what the message, the actual message I so, so what we're talking about is the, the, the first level of witness or the witness of sanctification in the holy place is one level of witness, right? That level of witness has, is, be, is foiled by another level, which is the witness of God himself. Amen. Yeah. Uh-huh. So witness in the realm of Christ is a burning witness. The witness in the realm of God is an holy witness. Is a witness that it is when, when they are bearing their own witness the what they the sound is spirit. 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 That spirit is talking about the essence of the nature of God. If a soul has not been born into that to receive that witness, you will not understand what they are saying. That's why everybody is fighting. Ah, gospel, they're talking about difference difference between everlasting life and eternal life. Everybody, people want, are losing their mind. It's not, that's not, it's not surprising. It would have been surprising if that, that teaching came and everybody just, just accepted it. Ah, yeah, we see it. Everlasting life, ah, it's so clear. You know, understand. We've known this thing for a long time. The fact that, why is commotion breaking out? Because you are beginning to talk about another kind of life that is born by another witness. He's he's talking about the the understanding of a life that a soul must be, a soul must have lost his descent according to the order of men to, to break into that understanding. Many of us who even feel we understand it, we don't understand it. What we have is just the culture to hold on to it and not throw it away, until when we fully understand
3: it.
1: (laughs) Do you get what I'm trying to say? Because many of us, we are not raised to bear that witness yet. We are not raised to hear Jesus talk about how God lives his life. We're talking about the, the life of God, the creator. His very life. We are not here. Even when they are saying it, we always somehow resolve it to something that we, are you getting what I'm trying to say? Praise the Lord. Uh-huh. So how God, how he's they say God, his spirit, how he lives his spirit life. The witness, his own law and testament. We don't really, we'll come there by God's grace. Yeah, we're going to arrive there. We're going to see, let me tell you guys something. You don't know what God has prepared for you. See, eyes have not seen nor ear heard. Neither has he entered. So what God is planning for you is not something that enters into the mind of man. So just be ready for that. Just know. So when, when they start talking about things that are not compatible with your mind, it's not time to run away. It's just time to know that Scripture is about to be fulfilled. That what they said that they prepared for you, which are things which I have not seen, nor ear heard, which has never entered into the heart, of any, it doesn't by mistake occur to you. But he must reveal them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things. The yeah, the deep. Are you ready for the deep things of God? They, they can make you ready. They can make you ready. There is a way that they make a soul ready for the deep things of God. The soul must graduate from witness to witness. You must graduate from witness to witness. You must receive all the witness of Christ. Because that Christ witness is the foundation of God that stands sure. Are you getting what I'm trying to say to you? So, so it's very clear that the, the first witness, let's now go back to Revelation. That, so I've actually explained two Season so when you say two witnesses, you can now ask which two witnesses are, then I can answer you. I can say, okay, we're talking about the the two burning witnesses who witness in the sanctuary, or we could say the olive witnesses who witness in the most holy, but who through their branches pour their golden oil to facilitate the witness of the, the burning witness in the sanctuary. That I, what I just said is it's like priestly language, right? I just gave you priestly definition. <laughs> do, you, do you like that kind of thing? Praise God. Amen. <laughs> These are truths. Thank you, Jesus. So, so, Revelation chapter 11. I just want to quickly just show something. Um, then we can... We can be done we can be done today. Are you are you guys blessed? Yes, please don't please don't lie. It's okay, you don't have to say. I just want to know. <laughs> eh? You sure? Okay. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, let's see. Verse three. Revelation eleven, verse three. He said, "And I will give power unto my two witnesses, right, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days, clothed in sackcloth." And it says, "These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before what the God of the earth." So, before the God of the earth, first of all, they are first before him. First, there are two olive trees, and then there are two candlesticks that are standing as witnesses before the God of the earth. And verse 5, and if any man will hurt them, fire proceeded out of their mouth and devoured their enemies. You see that? And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. If anybody wants to come and hurt the witness, they have fire that can. So he's talking about this. their safety the fairy safety of the two witnesses. now, from verse five from verse five, he's now beginning to speak concerning the fairy witnesses. Verse five is not talking about the dealing of the olive witness. He's talking about the word. The, the fiery witness is zeroing into one to talk about them, that these guys... Anybody that wants to hurt them, fire proceeded from out of their mouth, and then devoured their enemies. If any man so, it means that the witness is not is not just a giver of light; is also a is also a consumer. So it's not just a teaching fire; it's also a consuming fire. In the holy place, you will see those two the, the fires. There are two fires in the holy place. First, you will pass by the teaching fire, which is the menorah by the side. Then just be, before you get to the veil, you have the consuming fire there, which is the, at the altar of the golden altar, where coals are burned. Life coals. What are, what are the coals that are born? What is a coal? A coal, a coal is a consumed wood. Right? A coal is something that has been consumed by fire. Right, sir? So those coals are in that, or that altar before. So you see that place where that altar is of gold, just before the veil, that is actually the place of the, the, the witness. Or really, the witness, is. that's the end point of the witness. But... To get to that end point of the witness, there's also the teaching witness, which is the, 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 the menorah, which is the candlestick, which gives eyes and light to the sanctuary. Am I making some sense to you? Amen. Now verse 6. It says that these have power to shut heaven, and that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power to power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as what they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony. The beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall then make war against them. And shall overcome them and kill them. Ah. Ah. What? It's like, hey, I think the story is spoiled here. <laughs> now, so it's very clear that the witnesses which were overcome and killed is not; the, they are not the only witness. That there is a level; there is still a level of witness that the beast that has ascended out of the bottomless pit, that is that beast that has entered into perdition, there is actually a level of witness that he can still kill. It means that he has the power to extinguish candlestick in his soul. It means that he has... I'm so sorry to say this, though. Hey, please, we are learned fellows, okay? So, take what I'm saying with your learnedness. I want to impart a sense to you. He has the ability to turn a Christ to a devil. When I say a Christ, I mean a person who has only come into the nature of Christ and who, whose only witness in their heart is the, is the, is the witness of the candlestick which is the witness of Christ, who don't have the olive witness. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? That These things are the lesson of the book of Revelation. This book of Revelation is, is, a, is a letter to those churches who have been doing a lot, but they didn't finish, to warn them, look, there are some things though. you better be careful, be fast, and I know your works, change your works. Look, there are more evils. And you know. So this is the these are the lessons for those who have journeyed to a degree and are thinking, they are thinking and being seduced of calming down and folding their hand. Is this book is revealing the the secret pitfalls of servants, those who are in the school of service of God, showing you monstrosity that can still overcome a soul. Imagine a Christ who has. Born in charity. Who has charity out of a pure heart and of faith unfeigned? Whose heart is ablaze with that charity? Imagine such a soul. There are still things. There's something you have to journey into. There are still things that can kill that witness on the inside of the heart. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? And shall overcome and kill them, and their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom, and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in what graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them. You say we have killed them all. All these Christ that have been giving us problems, they won't let us sin in, in, in peace. Every time they are talking righteousness, 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 we have killed them. And make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwell. That will tell you why the witness of Christ is a torment. That's why this Christ who is a torment. That's why Paul, Paul called him a stumbling block. And they call him, is a, a rock of offense. What does meaning mean of that? <laughs> you, see, you see, there's a nature that can be you. When you see that kind of nature, you yourself, you don't want it, eh? You're like, ah, man. They now say that he wants to form that thing in you, rock of offense. So, <laughs> so it means that everywhere you go, you will be offending people. Imagine they install a rock of offense inside you, Wesley.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's what they want to do. And there's nothing you can do. That's just his nature. Christ is savor a, Can be a savour of death. Yes. When when you see a Christ come around a worldly soul, they, they smell death. Hey, they can start crying. <laughs> Why? They see that they see the they see the resolve in, in that righteous Christ's soul. Against all the things they call life, against everything that has become life to them, they see a hatred for a mean hatred for what they are lost, their pride, all of those things. In not So Christ smells like death to, to the soul, and they don't want to die that death. So you see why when this those two with the witness of Christ became overcame. You see why what happened? Party celebration. They began to give gifts to one another. We, have dealt, we, we thought there is no problem. Are you getting, do you know what the celebration of this thing is? What the celebration is? The celebration is the celebration of darkness over a Christ who fell. A Christ who fell. Right? That is a serious celebration. They will begin to give gifts to one another. We finally found this statue. I can overcome this thing. Praise God. Now verse 10, And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. Verse 11, And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God Entered into them, and they stood up upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither! And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. Praise God. So this spirit. From, of life from God, it's not saying that after the Christ died, they will resurrect them. They're just telling you that they are showing, after this, this first witness, who was war against and was killed, then they, they, they finished that story. After that three days and a half, that three days is talking about the crossing, before they were using years, years, years. Now you have to journey three and a half years to get from the, to the city, to, to pass the court to arrive at the sanctuary, then the witness they saw in the sanctuary is, is prophesying still three and a half years. So you are still counting years. Then when that witness fell, they began to count days. Day is the count of God. So the count of days, taking when you move further, you will jam another kind of witness. A different level of witness. That is not, doesn't, that doesn't, it's not this, the law of the spirit of life. In, in Christ, they are witnessing. Rather, witness that has the spirit of life from God. That's the holy witness. That witness is a witness that no beast can overcome. No devil can. The beast can't even go to where they are. Are you see what I'm saying now? So you are seeing the same thing that's happening to them, this witness, it's almost like a, a replay of what, ha- what will happen in chapter 12 of Revelation, waiting for the man child. The dragon wanted to, to devour the child, and the child was caught up to God and their throne. The same thing, this witness is caught up because this witness, where they are witnessing from, they, is, is a witness from the heaven of God. This witness is an everlasting and an eternal witness. Right? That is the witness that talks about the everlastingness, a life that cannot be killed, a life that cannot be destroyed, a life that wins every single battle it enters into. That witness is the witness of salvation. see, this this witness is what the high priest, our Lord Jesus, wants to raise inside every soul. I's what we call eternal salvation. A soul who has eternal salvation is a soul who has the spirit of life from God, which is the next allocation after your soul comes into the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Praise the Lord. Am I making some sense to you? So you're seeing what doctrine wants to? Erect inside your soul. It's not just the giving you of Scripture to you. The reason for doctrine is to develop inside you safety against all the wiles of the devil, all the plans, everything that He has designed to assault men with. God wants to make, God wants to raise people on the earth who can never stumble. Souls who are beyond stumbling, who are beyond falling, who are beyond failing. Souls who, when the enemy comes, as a flood to them, you see in them, was raise a standard. A standard higher than all the machinations of iniquity and evil which the devil can raise within his soul. Praise God. All God is just asking from us is that, do you, do you subscribe to this, um, this, the giving of witness? Remember in chapter 12, how did they overcome him? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. What is, the, the word of, what is their testimony? Is the word of their witness. The word of the witness that is in them, that's their testimony. It means that is the secret of overcome. That's what God wants to raise. It's people who have, people, God wants to raise souls on the earth who have testimony, witness on the inside of them. Praise God. Where God wants to take you to is a place where, when you see evil, your heart is not silent. When you see evil on the earth, even the evil that men celebrate. Men who are still under the light of the sun and all of that. who they can't, Most men can't even discern good and evil, right? But God wants to raise people who, who can not only discern evil, who, has, who have the, the sounding of the prophecy of the witness of Christ and God inside their heart. Who can? Who prophesy. You know, prophecy is more than just head knowledge. The, the purpose of prophecy is to move men. Like Pastor... Um, <laughs> John was saying that, he said that he described the prophecy as ways. What is a way, if not for moving? It means that a soul that has witness is a, is a mover. A soul, that has, is a soul that has ways in them. A soul that moves, moves prophetically according to the witness of God. When you're going through life, you know, there's something in your heart that has things to say about this world. About what all men are doing. About everything the world is trying to sell to you. About all its lusts, all its pride, all its cares. It has something to say about fallen natures in people. It has something to say about proud natures. Unteachable spirits. Unsubmissive hearts. Or oh, is it the nature you see walking around? Mm-hmm. Some of us, nothing in our heart talks about those things because the weakness hasn't been raised yet. Mm-hmm. It's only when you come to a meeting that you hear about they can open up evil. But thank God, He said that strong meat belonging to them that are full of age, who by reason of use have had their senses exercised to discern good. What are those senses that have been exercised? He's talking about the heart, the, the the that prophetic, that prophetic sound, the seat of judgment within the heart that excretes evil. To so such a person, evil cannot hide. Bring the nicest thing that looks good because of the priestly sight. Say no, this thing is evil, man. Like Jesus, what was what was talking when Jesus was was being tempted? Witness. It is written. Look, man, it is written. You devil, it is written. Come on, man. This is too low. This is nothing. All the glories of the world, what meaneth that? What is it? Look at the word glory. The witness will say, have you seen God? Look at how glorious he is. Look at how beautiful he is. Amen. God wants you to walk on the earth in safety. Where there is no fear of your falling away, no fear of your departure, nothing will come against your life. Thank you, Jesus. Are you blessed today? Let's just begin to thank God for for his word. Jesus, thank you. Marsali prahatu. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, sheprahanos, sheprahanos. We'll grow. We'll grow. you. Father, we bless your name this evening. Um, Lord, we, we know that no word that comes from you will return void without accomplishing the purpose for which it was sent. Lord, you have deposited seed in our heart and each word carries in it the power of covenant to stay, to be sown and that fruit will come up. Lord, we ask that we will bear the fruit of this word. Every heart, Lord, that receive this seed, who receive it as in a good ground, who receive it well, Lord, that, Lord, you will cause every heart to, this seed to find root in our heart. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, the The complexity of your salvation, we ask that you will rot them within us. Come and let your Holy Ghost bring the right import of this thought. And Lord, I've ministered, Lord, under you with weakness, even weakness in speech and in my heart to accurately represent what you have to say. But Lord, your spirit can use what has been said. And, Lord, may it not be lost in any soul. Thank you, my Father. Give all the glory to your holy name. Bless you. In Jesus' name we pray.
0: <clears throat> Amen. You dwells
3: between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth.
0: You dwell us between the cherubim shine